coconut just like mic drop like leave that there welcome back everybody (laughs) hello hello for our next episode of macros and mindset bariatric living and beyond with patricia hill and dr Kristen. yeah all right so guys today we are um tackling tackling the second in the series on regain um if you missed our last episode we went into the nutrition side of things and today we're going to go into the mindset side of things which is dr Kristen's yeah area of expertise yeah and um I'm I'm going to cover a couple different things. So initially, in in some of the research that that I've done in in journals and stuff, the behavioral predictors of weight regain, um, food urges, alcohol, depression, right, mm-hmm. um, and well being. And there's an inverse relationship between well-being and eating behaviors. And so, um, meaning that the lower the well-being, the more that someone is likely to eat. And I think that this is important to discuss because what I see, um, did I mention food urges? Oh, and then self-monitoring. Self-monitoring being tracking. So the reason I'm bringing this up from the behavioral standpoint is in my practice, what I see most frequently is, um, and this was not necessarily in the studies, grief. Ah, yeah. So someone who is a caretaker for a family member, Mm -hmm. a spouse, a uh, parent, another family member, and the loss of a loved one. Also divorce. That is likely to impact depression as a result of grief. And also a different type of lifestyle change. Are there, are there individuals who are struggling with readiness for change after surgery oh, as sure. well? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Right. So... The, the topics that I wrote down are readiness for change because we see people before surgery mm-hmm. who are doing a lot of work because there are a lot of um, preoperative uh, nutrition, uh, dietary programs that people have to go through in order to get approved for surgery. And then there seems to be this, <sighs> because right after surgery, you are on the post-op um, liquids, then, uh, the purees, then the soft foods. And I'm sure that we'll talk about that in another episode yet where I see a lot of regain is sometimes even as early as two years out. And Mm -hmm. sometimes again, I've had clients that are 12 or 15 years out that have been experiencing regain. And so the reasons I'm not going to talk about as much as I am What are the remedies? So the reasons emotional eating, developing an eating disorder after surgery. Some people actually, there's actually a part of the population that develops an eating disorder. Um, 
or had an eating disorder prior right. to surgery. I know that you and I share clients that right. are dealing with that right now. Eating yeah. disorders, right. Mm-hmm. So um, FOMO, fear of missing out in social gatherings. Yes. Um, unhealthy behaviors, grazing, overeating, mindless eating, and past trauma. So there's a lot of people within our community. There's statistics that show that a portion of our population has had some form of adverse childhood experience. And there was a study that was done not too long ago called the ACEs study, mm-hmm. adverse childhood experiences, that actually shows a relationship between adverse childhood experiences and obesity. Okay. And so for regain, there are a lot of, there is a lot of research to show that um, if and when someone is not in therapy who may have experienced an adverse childhood experience or let's say childhood sexual trauma, that's mm-hmm. another one that's, mm-hmm. that's uh. up there, um, or even a young adult sexual trauma. So rape, sexual trauma, molestation, and them losing weight that was part of their protection mechanism. Right. Was the insulation of yes. weight. Yes. And so if I'm fat, they won't they bother won't, me. They won't right. touch me. They won't they'll leave me alone. Right. Right. And so not everyone right. goes through that. No. And yet that's something that has to be addressed in therapy. So if anyone listening, if, if that's something that comes up, right. like Well, and I would imagine that, that even equates to um, failed marriages where there's abuse in a marriage, whether it's physical, verbal, emotional, whatever it is, a significant weight gain to insulate, you know, if, if I'm Possibly, not, yeah. you know, they'll leave me alone. If I'm fat, they won't touch me. They won't want me. They'll, you know, so yeah, you can become invisible when you're fat. Yes. So, so now all yeah. of a sudden there's vulnerability yes. and visibility as you lose the weight. And yes. if that's uncomfortable, then Putting it back on might feel safer. Might feel safer. Absolutely. It's like, what do I do with myself now? What do I you know? do? Who I mean, am I? Identity. Oh my God. And okay, so I, I could talk about this for just a second. I remember distinctly the first time I went into a, um, a store that, that, and it was a store I normally shopped in, um, who had a really nice plus size section. And mm-hmm. I loved it. Shopped there for years. But they also had a, you know, normal size clothing section, a Mrs. section and not right. a plus. right. Um, and I remember the first time I couldn't shop in the plus size section anymore. And I walked over to the missus side and I was so lost. It's like, I didn't know who I was in this section. Right. It's like, how do I do this? And not only that, all of a sudden I wasn't invisible anymore. Right. I had three or four ladies wanting to help me and showing me clothes and, oh my God, you look so cute on this. And, oh no, are you sure you're that size? You're not that size. And it, it completely freaked me out. And I literally left the store and sat in my car and cried. Yeah. Because I didn't know who I was. I remember walking into my office building because at that point I was still working in an office and people like talking to me as I was walking, strangers, mm-hmm. and especially men. Holy mm-hmm. crap. Nobody ever talked to me when I was fat. Okay. I was completely invisible. You're invisible. Yeah. So being visible um, and really dealing with. It was a, it's a lot. Yeah. Mentally, that was a lot to take in. You know, and although there's a lot of people that do love the increase in confidence oh, sure. that comes with the weight loss, yeah. and yet there's also the visibility. So where where the regain happens? So this is kind of like the overview of 
how and why regain happens from a behavioral standpoint. So depression, anxiety. I didn't know that I had anxiety until I was 18 months out. I didn't realize that I was using food to soothe and I had to deal with my anxiety Mm -hmm. rather than continuing to cope with food Mm -hmm. to soothe. So there are a lot of people that I meet that have an underlying anxiety disorder or have underlying bipolar, Mm -hmm. depression, uh, and then the eating disorder may or may not be present. Right. Well, I stress eat. And that was a huge realization to me just in like in the past month. And I'm four years post-op. It, it, it just hit me. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm stress eating. Right. Holy crap. I remember. If I can do this, if I'm doing this, now I get how hard it is for others. It's oh, like, yeah. And I'm the face of this group. You know, and it's like, if, if it can happen to me, then holy cow, it can happen to anybody. And I remember when I was first starting Bariatric Mindset... And, um, the coach I was working with at the time said, Ooh, you need to start a YouTube channel. And I was like, okay. And I was a little nervous about it. And then I remember I started to record a couple of videos Uh and all I could think of was, I just want to stuff my mouth. Like I, I, I literally remember standing in front of my refrigerator with the door open going, Oh my gosh. And then it was an epiphany of partially, I need to do an episode on this. And then the other one was, Holy crap, this yeah. is this is me on anxiety. Yeah. And I, I have been using food to cope, and here I am. I haven't put anything in my mouth, but it was the realization yeah. that I was about to. And so I think what's important is us looking at what's coming up for us. Yep. In that. And so this is also where that emotional eating is the is the header of that because emotional eating is depression, frustration, mm-hmm. overwhelm. Yeah. anxiety it's that umbrella it's that the umbrella encompasses so many different aspects right stress 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 eating yeah. and so what are our coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and if we're continuing to use food to soothe with uncomfortable emotions that's i believe neuroplasticity is possible what is neuroplasticity I was say, yeah explain to them what that neuroplasticity is. is the ability for your brain to change for right. you to build new neurons, for you to build new neuro pathways. So a great example that I use a lot in my trainings mm-hmm. is you've gone the same way to work for 10 years. Right. And then you get a new job. And on one, <laughs> one fateful morning, <laughs> you're you're busy listening to an audiobook or listening to us or something. So, or your, your kids fighting your in kids the backseat. Your kids fighting seat. in the backseat. <laughs> and you know, after you drop them off, you end up driving to your old job right. rather than your new job. And you yeah. find yourself in the parking lot. That's, what the heck right, happened? Your, yeah. your neuro pathways, right? So, or, or you drive, um, let's say you've moved, you drive to your old house rather than your new house. Okay. That may not happen so much. Or you forget, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to go to the grocery store on the way home. Yeah. And so... It's those old neuro pathways that I will tell people are built like super highways. Right. And so those are the old pattern behavior. So neuroplasticity is our ability to, um, it's essentially brain training. We are able to change not only our thoughts and our behaviors, but we're, we can build those new neuro pathways, but immediately they're like dirt roads until yeah. you train them. So just like you get that new job, and now you are 
writing new reports or you're having to lose, use an advanced software, learn an advanced software mm-hmm. that you didn't know before. Right. Can you pick it up in three to four weeks from using it absolutely every single day? Yes. And how is that possible? Because we can continue to learn and build new neuropathways with our brain. Can we learn to use alternative coping mechanisms rather than using food to soothe? Absolutely. Well, how does this pertain to weight regain? Well, when you're using new behaviors and you're soothing yourself in new ways and you're learning new ways to cope that is not with food, then you're building new neuropathways, you're creating behavior change, you're creating um, cognitive change because you're thinking differently. You're using mindfulness to slow down your brain to be in that present moment to say, wait a minute, what am I choosing for me? Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that I love, it's one of these quotes that I love, it's what you're not changing, you're choosing. What you're not changing, you're choosing because autopilot brain is those old neuropathways. And the new neuropathways are what we want to build and develop and support and sustain. And that's why support and community in the post-op process is so important. So important. Yes. Plug yourself in somewhere. If it's not in our groups, find somewhere to plug yourself in. Right. Well, and the thing that I run into, and again, it's one of the reasons that I wrote Release Your Regain, is I see people all the time with two big topics. One is, and, and we can probably put this in an entirely different podcast episode, which is, oh, Kristen, I'm not motivated. Okay. Which I'll get to in a second. And then the second one is they're engaging in specific behaviors and they're not ready to change. Right. So one of the things that I have included in Release Your Regain, because it is a big kick in the butt, a loving kick in the butt, because Mm -hmm. I use a lot of uncomfortable truths in the book, um, Release Your Regain. Which is, you need to know that you're ready for change. You need to know what stage of change you're in. So the trans-theoretical model of change is actually one of the um, premier sources of the stages of change used in health research. So the trans-theoretical model of change, it's actually what I used in my dissertation, is one of the foundations of, you know, what does change look like? What stage of change are we in? And it's important to look, are we actually ready to take action? Are we just thinking about it? Right. Right. And so that's important for people to know what stage of change that they're in for them to reflect on it. Because what I see happen in our community frequently is people who go, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And they beat themselves up and they beat themselves up and they beat themselves up. And they need to know what stage of change that they're in. Because if they are not ready for change, they need to get ready for change. They, they need to start mentally preparing, preparing themselves, themselves to, to accept get... that they're ready for change. So right. I'll give you an example. Right. And I think we have a common client who has a gummy bear issue. <laughs> <laughs> she, has a, she, has a, she has a gummy bear problem. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to almost make you spit out your water. <laughs> And, um, you know, and, and I just keep thinking of the Amazon reviews and she just has gummy bears. Oh, I don't even know what they are. Oh my God. You guys. Okay. Google Amazon reviews on gummy bears when you're done with the podcast. So <laughs> the thing, and, and, and I know that it could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could be 
sugar, it could be chips, it right. could be whatever. And so when you continue to engage in the same behavior and then beat yourself up, you're, you're actually creating a cycle. And I did not use this in my book, but I'm going to bring it up because I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. So there's actually something that's called, and I think it's called Cartman's drama triangle. And so the drama triangle is it's, it's real. And the, the whole premise of the drama triangle is the idea of the persecutor, the rescuer, and the victim. And so the persecutor is like, what the hell is wrong with you right. for eating the freaking gummy bears? Right. And then um, the rescuer is like, no, no, I've got you. You're okay. And like the soother. And then it's like, you know what? You feel really bad right now. I think you need a gummy bear. <laughs> and then the victim right. is like, oh, I hate the gummy bears. What's wrong with me? Right. I'm so right? stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm so, yeah. And then it's like, and, and the cycle can go in, in, in different places. So it can go persecutor, victim, rescuer. It can go um, persecutor, rescuer, victim. And, right. and so the whole drama triangle is this whole self-punishing, mm -hmm. self-flagellating yeah. cycle, which perpetuates depression. Because right. when you're depressed you look for something to make you feel better. Right. And if somebody has a predisposition via the neuropathways mm -hmm. to go and eat chocolate or sugar or whatever, right. then, okay, I'm just going to have this. It's going to make me feel better. And then they do, and they feel better for a second, and then they beat themselves up for having whatever that mm -hmm. thing is. And then they, you know chastise themselves. Mm -hmm. What did you, what were you thinking? You know, we're trying here. You know, we're on this plan. Like what right. the hell's wrong with you? And it's just, it's why can't really, you do this? why can't you do yeah. this? It's really like hateful and demeaning and right. it's, it's really just negative. Right. And then, then you kind of go back down again in mood to that depressed state because mm -hmm. you just beat yourself up. Right. And then you have to go through the cycle again to like, to raise your mood again. And so, it, so, okay, so I have a question. Go for it. So this cycle that happens, it can happen at any point. It can happen immediately post-op. Yep. It can happen pre-op. Yep. It can happen 12 years down the road. Yep. Okay. Okay. And it's you'll just notice me think. it. It's making and me think. And you'll notice right. it. You'll notice it. I see it all the time. I was going to say, I'm starting to see it in my clients. And <laughs> I know we share clients, but I, I'm really careful of not... Dipping into your realm well, when I'm on coaching versa. calls, right. you know. Right. So I'm now starting <laughs> Go to talk see. To yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I know you're working with Kristen, so I'm not going to address that because I don't want to, you know, you know. Or maybe I'll say something that they're like, Go "Oh my Kristen god, Kristen about the drama said the triangle. same thing," right, right. you know, and that's like, yes, <laughs> you know? yeah. But it's just, but we don't talk about our clients together. No, 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 no we don't. I mean, we don't. No. We just know that we have joint clients, right. but we don't talk about you know, what's going on with them. But now I'm, as you're talking, I'm seeing, it's like, oh my gosh. But, but the, so the cycles is there. Mm -hmm. And so they need alternative coping mechanisms right, right. that are empowering, that are supportive. Well, because, and, and don't you think too, that there's a certain amount of, you know, especially people who've experienced regain um, or who never hit their goal, which is a whole yes. kind of separate topic, but really not separate. It's kind of the same. Right. 
Um, don't you think that there's people that have this, you know, this shame that comes from the fact that they never did it right in the first place? And so they just, they, in their mind, they've screwed up from the beginning because they just, they just assumed that the tool would do the work for them. Or, you know, and so now they're not only beating themselves up because they either regained or never hit their goal, but that they didn't learn how to do this right. When in actuality, part of that, I think, is a, is a problem in our industry. Correct. Is that there is not enough post-operative care and education Correct. for bariatric patients. Right. And so part of that is not their fault, and I'm using air quotes, if they were never taught how to do this right, as opposed to, I mean, it's almost that thing of, you know, are they, and I hate to use the word stupid, but there's a difference between stupidity and ignorance. Oh, there yeah. it is. Yeah. And, and it's like, because well, they're just ignorant of what to do because no one the, ever taught them. But here's the other piece. I see other threads within our community. Mm-hmm. So people pleasing and mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. be a bother. Right. Oh, so yeah. you have, we have people who, who obviously, like you said, we share clients and we have clients. There are people out there in the black hole of the internet uh-huh. <laughs> who are like, I can do this on my own. Yeah. And I don't need help. I don't need yeah. help. Right. And while that, you know, there may be so many underlying reasons, which is ego, mm-hmm. which could be, I don't want to be a bother, which could be, I don't have the resources, which could be, um, I don't know how, or a plethora of other reasons. And then there's also the, the people pleasing. I want you to like me. And so really one of the other issues, yes, it could be ignorance, but also sometimes a little bit of ego because they think they have all the answers. Right. Or they don't want to face their behaviors. Because a lot of people will focus on what you're taking away from them rather than what they're going to get from this process. Because if you were to... I know that we have, we've been talking about like sugar detox and some other stuff, um, which is a whole other topic for another day. <laughs> Yet yeah. when you mention that, I can, I know, like, I know, like, I know that there are some people that are like, nope, not ready for that. Yeah. And it's because they're fearing that you're taking away their coping mechanism. They mm-hmm. may not label it that way. Mm-hmm. They're fearing that loss more than they're looking at the life that they'll gain or the bonuses or the benefits. So again, we also want to shift the perspective to when we think of releasing that regain to what is it you're going to get from the outcome? And this is something that I have been talking about recently in my group is if you're not in love with the process as equally as you are in love or excited about the outcome, then it's, it's backwards because I see so many people that are excited about the outcome. I can't wait until I get here. Here. I can't wait until I'm there. And yet they don't want to do the work. They don't want to do the work again. And we place it work comes before success. I mean, success comes before work is in the dictionary. So, okay. So I just came across a quote that from a, a, a study that I think is really interesting. It says behavioral drift. It's the slow movement away from a behavior or skill is common for any skill that receives less attention over time, such as Correct. speaking a second language or playing a sport. It is also common among patients experiencing post-surgical weight regain. 
So even if they knew the skill in the beginning, over time they've allowed these behavioral things to creep back in and drift them away from what they know is, is possible. So yes. it, it's all about making those behavior changes. So, you know, dealing with those and psychological disorders, dealing with the stressors, dealing with those behavioral changes is critical like, to making the change. For example, in, in the nutrition episode, we were talking about mm-hmm. tracking and right. self-monitoring. So the other thing is I will say to people, if you're not going to track the whole month, track for one week out of the month, right. track to see where you're at because that behavioral right. drift yeah. will happen. Yeah. And so this is something that why wait six months until you've gained 20 or 30 pounds, check in with yourself. You need consistent check-ins. You need consistent accountability because if you're not using the Spanish that you learned, Mm -hmm. it's that saying you use it or you lose it. So if you're not using the skills, you're going to lose it. It's the same thing. Couch to 5k. Yeah. Right. So couch to 5k is purposefully a behavioral intervention for someone to run. It's a behavioral intervention. You're not going to go out there and run. <laughs> you don't know how. I mean, you know yeah. how, but you're not, right. you're not conditioned. Right. Like behavioral conditioning, cognitive conditioning. Well, it requires repetition. It requires it repetition. It requires practice. Mm-hmm. It requires you know, putting the tools and taking the tools that, that you're provided and putting them into practice daily, not just when the mood strikes. You know, bingo. So now you've hit on my point about motivation. Yeah. So discipline over motivation, right. discipline over willpower. I use this in a lot of my trainings because people, and I know you guys can't see me, but <laughs> Patricia's going to laugh hard really here. It's like, Patricia, I'm waiting for motivation. <laughs> like it's a bus. Crickets, I'm crickets. sitting, I'm sitting at a bus stop. I'm waiting. Yeah. No, but, but hang on. No. I'm, I'm waiting for motivation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting to get motivated. I'm going to, I'm going to Netflix binge all my shows while I wait for motivation. It is right. not going to it's come. It's not going to magically appear. It is no. not going to appear. You have to just start. You have to make the decision to start. It's a decision. Yes. And a choice. It's a choice. And oh. how you get excited, how you get motivated, mm-hmm. quote unquote, it's, of course, there's intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. Right. What do you get from the ex, you know, what are the external rewards, extrinsic? What are the internal rewards, intrinsic? To motivate yourself. This is why in my, in my first book, Bariatric Mindset Success, I talked about finding your why because, and I, and I just talked about this in a training not too long ago. When you look at the word motivate, Mm -hmm. the root of the word is motive. What's your motive? Motive. What's your motive for doing this? What's, what's the core reason why you're doing this? And if for the love of God, if someone tells me blood pressure or to lower my <laughs> A1C, yeah. you know, I'm going to lose it because yeah. if you're excited, if you are passionately <laughs> excited about that A1C about number, that A1C number I want to know your name. Yeah. I yeah. want to know your name because nobody I know is passionately, emotionally yeah. driven yeah. by their A1C or their blood no. pressure. Nobody. Well, and I'll use myself. And, you know, and I've talked in the other episodes about my regain at the end of my marriage. And it's like, holy crap, all of a sudden I'm 30 pounds up. I know why it happened. I know I'm human. I get it. I was completely miserable. Okay. I, I did all the things. I mean, I'm human that I know I shouldn't do. 
And I hid behind it because I can sit and talk all day and tell you what you need to do, but I wasn't doing it myself. And it wasn't until I removed myself from that situation that I'm like, okay, Patricia, get off your ass and get this done. This is ridiculous. But what I had to do was I had to figure out why I was doing it now. Why am I doing it now? You know, what is the purpose? What is my motivation for wanting to lose the weight? And I'll be honest, part of it is, holy crap, I can't be the face of 33,000 people (laughs) on a bariatric journey if I've regained weight. You know, I have to lose the weight again. I have to show them that I can do it. So that was part of my motivation, was was a, a professional motivation. But the other part was, you know, two years ago, I was hiking my butt off around Iceland and Scotland. I was climbing mountains. I was doing all of this stuff physically that all of a sudden I couldn't do. Right. And I loved that. And I wanted to get back to that. Well, since I've lost all but about seven or eight pounds of my regain. Right. You know, because I found that motivation again. It's like, I want to get out and hike again. I want to get out and do those things. But you didn't look for it or wait for it like a bus. You had to reconnect. I had to reconnect with it. I had to go back and think about what were the things that I missed doing. And it was a wake-up call for me, honestly, because I went on a hike. Right. With a friend. Right. And holy hell, I hurt again. And I'm like, oh, hell no, this is not happening. And so I took it upon myself. I'm like, that's it. I'm putting my foot down. I'm going back. I'm doing this again. I'm taking care of this. You know, I started playing tennis, which I never in a million years thought I would play a sport again. I mean, I played softball competitively for 20 years. Right. I never thought I would play another sport. And now I'm playing tennis now. And it's like, you know, but you have to find that inner motivation, that thing that lights that fire under your own butt. And for me, it was hiking. For me, it's I wanted to get out and enjoy nature and right. not hurt and be able to do this. And in order to do, in order to do the steps, in order to, and I know you know how to cook. Yeah. In order to follow the plan, in yeah. order to do all the things, yeah. right, to lose the regain. Because one very, very, very important thing that I think everybody who has any sort of regain needs to know, which is you can restart at any time. Yes. At anytime. any time. Anytime. Anytime. And so you don't have to wait until Monday. No. And that's oh another God. thing. No. You don't start have to tomorrow. wait until January. You can start right now. And... When you reconnect with that motivation, it can be anything, right? For you, you've just identified what it was. Whatever it is, that is going to create this magnificent emotional state within you. And this is why I I encourage journaling is you you then can go back and read it. Yes. You can read it. Now, it can happen on a hike. It can happen in a heart-to-heart discussion. And what's super important is that people get real with themselves because, and and not to to use this term, but when we sugarcoat, you know, the journey and when we bypass it and when we're not super clear and super real with, okay, do we want to go back to being on meds? Do we want to go back to... What is the negative outcome if you continue to live this way? And that's the thing. In the the same study that I just talked about earlier, they talk about the fact that with regain also comes all of those medical conditions. Right. All of those medical conditions that you had this surgery to get rid of. All of a sudden, guys, guess what? They're coming back. And they're coming back with a vengeance. Because your body is going to automatically go back to being diabetic again. It's going to automatically go back to high blood pressure. It's going to automatically go back to those things. And it's like, all of a sudden you're back where you started. And then you have a sense of failure because of that. And this is not to incite shame. This no. is, no, no, no. Right. And I know 
I know that you know that. This is not to incite shame in anybody who's dealing with regain. This Mm -hmm. is to incite that that fire within you, to ignite it within you, to say, I don't want to effing do this anymore. I'm frustrated. I'm sick. And so you have... I didn't come this far to to go backwards. I didn't come this far to only come this far. Yeah. I didn't come this far to go backwards. I didn't come this far to only come this far for the people who Mm -hmm. did not reach Reach their, their, their original goals, which is what... Do I need to get clear on within myself? Yes. Because the fight is internal. It's And it's not even between you and food. Yeah. It's not even between you and food. It's with you and you. Yes. Because oh my God, yes. it's the conflict within. Well, and I don't care how supportive your family is. I don't. If you aren't ready, if you're not ready to take that step, it's not going to matter if your spouse or your loved one is the most supportive person on the planet. Right. It's not going to work. Right. It has to come from within. Right. It has to be you ready to do the work. And I want I want to help people examine the excuses. Yes. Because the excuses are also limiting beliefs that hold you back from growth. I can't. I don't have enough money. Right. I don't want to. I'm frustrated. I don't know how. Like... I have mindset shifts for every single one of those, right? Because you can learn. Yeah. You can learn. You can overcome. And if you're struggling with a deep depression, if you're struggling with trauma, any form of trauma, you need to go and find a therapist in your area who either specializes in trauma, who specializes in eating disorders, Because that is something that you cannot go through alone. And it is very, very, very important that you honor the place that you're at. And, you know, I talk about some of these things in Release Your Regain. The other thing that... Stop stopping yourself. Stop stopping yourself, right? The other thing that I I talk about is, um, again... uh, the topic of cognitive dissonance, and again, I'm using all of these big psychological words, but cognitive dissonance is the, um, the conflict between what you say you want or what you're doing and what you believe to be true. So I talk about this mm-hmm. in some of my trainings mm-hmm. where um, you have to reduce the conflict. So it could be, well... It's okay that I have this donut. I'm just going to work it off later. Or, you know what? This donut really doesn't have as much sugar in it as I thought it did. So that's how we reduce cognitive dissonance. Because psychologically, we cannot live with that conflict. So we have to find a resolution to the conflict. Right, We have to explain it away. We have to explain it away. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that can be um, also disempowering right especially if if you're having a cookie and i and i talk about this in my book and your mom or somebody says you know aren't you supposed to be on a diet or aren't you supposed to be Uh, eating on a new food plan or or my grandmother your grandmother yeah my grandmother have you put on some weight right so are are you eating are you still eating right exactly and so that shame spiral Mm -hmm. again this is to help you to get real to get clear because we want to face the shame. Right. We don't want to run from it because shame, it it lives in silence. It lives in secret. And Brene Brown talks about this. And, yes. I, and I'm a big fan of hers. Me too. And so 
again, we need to face it to conquer it. We need to talk about it to bring it out into the light to say, no, this shame is not going to continue. It doesn't define me. It doesn't define me. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to. It does define you if you allow it. If you allow you. it. Yeah. Right, right. And so that's something that's important. Also, you know, the the punitive stuff, the internal punitive negative cyclical self-talk about the struggle. The other thing that I see is a big issue with people who have regained is perfectionism, which I talk about, Mm -hmm. and control freaks. So the whole idea of being in control and being out of control, I Mm -hmm. see that being a really big topic with bariatric patients, because it's like, if I'm not going to do it right, I'm not going to do it. Well, then you have this all or nothing, which is a cognitive distortion and cognitive distortions are talking about me, Kristen, are thought fallacies (laughs) where you create assumptions that are not true. And so what's super important is that we understand, don't believe everything you think, right? Don't believe everything you think. And so the regain, don't let it define you. Right. I have a, a thing that I just pulled up and it says personal, personal accountability requires mindfulness. Yes. Acceptance, honesty, yes. and courage. Yes. Yes. You have to have all four of those to make the change happen. Correct. That yeah. feeds into the whole mindset piece. Right. And so really that that kind of plays back to the emotional eating you know, the unhealthy behaviors. And if we're continuing to put blinders on to the unhealthy behaviors, where are we going? So until we're ready to acknowledge and to speak up and to say, I need help, whether it's in a forum like, you know, that we have or in another forum or to go to one's healthcare practitioner, because I can't tell you how, how many times I've, I've had someone or even doctor's offices say people don't show up for their appointments. They hide out. Yep. And they're struggling. And so it's because of the fear of... It's not that bad. It's, I can do this on my own. Or... Or the slap on the wrist. They, yeah. they, I can't tell you how many times that we've had, we've shared clients that have said, oh, I need to put off my, my post-op checkup visit. I need to put mm-hmm. off this visit because I don't want them to do a weigh-in with me. Yeah. And... I have clients cancel calls with me. Because really? they don't want... They don't want to, <laughs> to say I failed or I did this instead of realizing that... That's exactly the conversation they need to have so that we can start digging in and figuring out, okay, how can we fix this? I don't let them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I still call them, but if they won't talk to me, so (laughs) you can do that. I can't. (laughs) Well, and then... Kristen gives them the eye. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's really about all of those things and the, and the unhealthy, it's facing those unhealthy behaviors and acknowledging it and having uncomfortable conversations and being open to having those uncomfortable conversations and those uncomfortable truths because in a safe space space where there's no judgment and, and to say, okay, so you've eaten X, so you've eaten Y, what's the lesson? And that in a lot of the articles that I've written about regain, And even in my book, what's the lesson? Mm -hmm. We want to learn the lesson. The lessons we don't learn, we're destined to repeat. Uh, Yes. What's the lesson? What's the reason for this? And so then, and again, 
Oh, my uncle died. Oh, I had to take care of my mother. Oh, I had to do this. Oh, I had to do that. They're all excuses. Yet you're also looking at a population who's people pleasing, Mm -hmm. who puts everybody else above themselves. So we've got to teach radical self-care as part of the post-op journey. It's part of regain prevention. Yes. It's part of regain prevention. Self-care is integral to success. Absolutely. And again, it gets back to what we talked about in the last episode is you have to make your own health a priority. Right. You have to put yourself first. And it's not being selfish. It's self-care. It's There's self-care. a big difference. Big difference. You cannot, it's that whole like mask on the airplane thing. Yes. You cannot, um, or the oxygen. Yes. You cannot. Great analogy. Take care of others if you're not ready to take care of yourself if you're not willing you can't be there for others if your cup is not full that's another great analogy so we must fill our own cup to be and i know i don't know what the percentage of of our population is caregivers i imagine a lot a lot because my demographic my clients nurses educators other healthcare professionals i would say that two-thirds of the people that i work with are healthcare in some shape or form whether it's um, speech language pathology, mm-hmm. nurses, teachers. teachers. Yeah, exactly. Paramedics. I have several paramedics. I mean, people in the medical profession. Lots of Care clients. Takers. Yeah, caregivers. lots of caregivers. Lots of people who are in a nurturing role. Right. But they don't ever put themselves first. Right. And so we, I think we have a responsibility to teach self-care as not only a priority, but as a foundation to this journey. Yeah. Because how can you be successful in your career, in your, in your job, in your life, for your family, if you are not using this as a foundation for yourself? Exactly. Because this is just a tool. It's just a tool. And it's how you wield it. That so, makes all the difference. A hundred percent. So regain prevention is about going back to the thing that you said, it's continually to stay on top of yourself, accountability, not drifting away. away. Okay. That's number one. The second thing is, is to acknowledge what emotional eating may exist, if any, Mm -hmm. to get help and treatment for trauma or eating disorders or disorder, any type of disordered Mm -hmm. eating behavior to recognize that the fear of missing out is at the very basic level of fear. And fear is false evidence appearing real. And we can engage in a social setting and we can verify our foods and we can eat healthily. And I know, again, right now we're recording this in 2020, but five years from now, somebody listens to this. And when you're in a social gathering, you can bring things. You, You have a right to say, because, and I have to say this, because if a vegan goes to a... Um, a get together, they're going to say, I'm vegan. Mm-hmm. So they're going to bring something that's vegan mm-hmm. or they're going to say, what do you, what do you have there? That's vegan. Right. So why couldn't why, we, why, we why shouldn't we, why aren't we advocating for ourselves being our own advocates Absolutely. and asking for what we need? So that whole fear of missing out, I'm sorry, guys, I'm giving you the pink foot here. It's BS. Yeah. Right, that that I can't eat this or I can't eat that or they're having this, right? I love myself enough to not eat something Mm -hmm. that is going to 
um, trigger me if somebody has a sugar addiction, for example. Right. I love myself enough. And if that's a struggle that you're having, then please, please, please get into therapy. Yeah. Because if there's a self-worth issue, if there's a self-love issue, if there's a, I'm, I want this, right? That urge is not coming from the food. That urge is coming from a deeper emotional need that wants to be fulfilled, that's yearning to be fulfilled. Because you are, your friends will accept you, right? Absolutely. As you Absolutely. are. And if they don't, are they true friends? Are they? You know, and boy, that's an episode in itself. We need to talk about that we and will. the loss of relationships and friendships through bariatric surgery. Because of the changing identity. Yeah. yeah. Because of the changing identity. So these unhealthy behaviors, we must face them to lose the regain. Mm -hmm. And again, sometimes those, it's also facing the uncomfortable truths of what you don't want to let go of. So it's interesting because um, I'm in another uh, coaching group and, and I've heard um, one of the mentors say, I want to know what you're not willing to do. Ooh. I want to know what you're not willing to do. And of course, she's not in the weight loss industry. Right. However, this is, this is a great question for our listeners. I want you to take out a sheet of paper because mm -hmm. so many coaches and, and so many people will ask, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? I'm willing to meal plan. I'm willing to meal prep. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to move my body. I'm willing. What are you not, not willing to do? And I think that that's an important reflection because that might be an area to work on for growth. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not willing to do it, what is that? What does that tell what you? What does that say about What yeah. does that say? Yeah. And again, not for shame, not for, mm -mm. it's, it's for awareness. Awareness. Awareness is the mother of change. You have to identify the issue before you can work on the issue. And work through and work the through. readiness. Yeah. Right. So there's so many other things that I know that could go into regain that we'll mm -hmm. talk about. So I'm not bringing them into this topic. So going mm -hmm. deeper into the different cycles of emotional eating, going into the different mm -hmm. cycles of negative self-talk, depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. just touched on them here yeah. in terms of reasons for regain. And yet how to lose it is really a very simple, simple process. It's, right. it's get ready. Get, get ready inside your mind. Know your why. Mm -hmm. It's back to basics. Yep. It's, and I'm not, and we're not talking liquids. No, no, we're no, not, no, no. We're talking mindful eating. Mindful we're talking eating. moving your body. We're talking sleeping. We're talking, you know, eat around your plate. Protein Take first. small protein first. We're talking, you know, put supplements. your fork down, taking your yeah. supplements, getting sleep, moving your body, drinking that's what we mean Water. by getting back to basics. We're not talking about going back to a liquid yeah. diet. I, nope. I go nope, to, nope, nope. and managing stress. Yep. Managing stress. Yep. And Do those things that you, that you did so mindfully right after surgery. Right. You know, you were very careful about how much you ate. You were very careful about chewing really well. You were very careful about not drinking before, you know, or 30 minutes or before, very 30 minutes after. You were very careful about making sure that you had adequate protein in your day. Though that's what we mean by get back to basics. And this is probably a little bit more for an advanced and trust your body. Yes. And if you don't trust your body and if you don't trust yourself, if you have a lack of self-trust and if there's an incongruence in what you want and what you say you want, what you're doing, then again, that's, that's some deeper work that needs to yeah. be done. 
because that that has to do with the, the deeper psychological work. Because nobody, your family, us, nobody, nobody can make you do this. Nope. Nobody can your coach doctor, you surgeon, into nobody, it. Yeah. You right. You've got to be ready and and potentially dig up some of those old wounds mm-hmm. or get clear on what you're not willing to do, why you're not willing to do it, and then get clear on what you are willing to do and and starting right away. Not right. waiting if for not now. Life. When? When are you going to do it if, if you don't do it now? now? When? So do it now. Right. Why wait? There's no wait. It's now. Right. Take take one step forward. I don't care what it is. Take one step right. forward. Right. There is no wait. Yeah. Right. The only moment that we have, and this is something very powerful that I share mm-hmm. too, is in, in terms of a timeline, yesterday, you know, you've heard that saying yesterday is a, um, it's, it's this whole little. Something in the tomorrow's a gift or yeah, whatever. Yeah yeah. 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 So yesterday's gone. There's yeah. no power there. Yeah. Yesterday's tomorrow, in the past. Right. Yesterday's in the past. Tomorrow, so for the procrastinators, right? I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. There's no power there. Mm-hmm. Because you, you've just totally given your power away to a time that has not yet come yet. Mm-hmm. And yesterday's power is no longer because it's, it's gone. already gone. Yeah. And so today, in this moment, is the, the, present. Is the present. Yes, and yes, it's a gift. It's the only time that you have power and control. Yeah. It's the only time. And that when we reflect on that can be a super powerful awareness. Absolutely. I'm, and I'm going to just like mic mm-hmm. drop, mic like drop. leave that there. Yeah. Wow. Lots to think about guys. All right. So uncomfortable truth. What got you here won't get you there. Ooh. You may have come to where you are and, and based on a certain behavior, thought patterns, you may have arrived to a certain point. And yet you're being called to shift again. You're being called to dig a little deeper. You're being called, right? So even in the, in the analogy of growing a garden, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to put new seeds without weeding first, Correct. right? What got you here won't get you there. So to go to this new level, even if it's losing regain, you've still got to till the garden. You've got to heal the old wounds. You've got to go deeper. Uncomfortable truth. Uncomfortable truth. You've got to face it. Yeah. And I guess my uncomfortable truth is easy doesn't change you. Oh, I love that. Easy doesn't change you. Mm-hmm. There's nothing easy about this. Mm-mm. I know. I know that in my work, I teach people how to make it easier. Right. Yes. But with anything, with any skill that we learn, and this is a skill to learn how to live life as a post-op bariatric patient. Right. It, it is not easy. No. Easy doesn't change you. Mm-mm. You have to go through the work. And right. I know we've said that word a million times in the past two episodes. Work, 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 work. work, work. But you have, to, you have to do the work. <laughs> right. You have to do the work. And it's hard. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I just want to slap people who say, oh, you have bariatric surgery. That's the easy way out. No, 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 no. No, this is, this is not easy. It's not easy. No. And the tool is only going to work for you for so long. Right. It'll work for a little while. It'll do the work for you. But if you don't change everything, if you don't change your lifestyle, including your nutritional habits. My tool and works your because mindset, I work it. Right. 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 If you don't change your, your nutritional habits, you don't change your, your mindset, you don't make those changes, then nothing is going to continue working beyond probably a year. Right. You know, they talk about the honeymoon phase and I hate that term, but it's actually true. You know, at two years out, guys, your stomach is 50% bigger than it was after surgery. 
if not if not more. That's crazy. And I've lost weight after the honeymoon. So oh my gosh! You can you can yeah, lose weight. Yeah, I'm four years out and I've lost weight. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not. I have clients who are 12 and 15 years out who have gone back and learned how to do what they never learned how to do in the beginning and have have lost. I have one who lost 112 pounds. Right. It's possible. So 12 years post pop. Right. Right. So regain, guys. Regain. Never hitting your goal. Reset truths. If you missed the first episode, the first episode covers nutrition. Go back and listen to that one. Here we you talk can about do the this. mindset. You can do this. And you've got support. Whether it's us or someone you find locally, find help. Get the resources you need. You can do this. Absolutely. Check out Kristen's book. Release Your Regain. It's yep. on Amazon. On Amazon. So it's on it's audio and uh, paperback. It's Kindle, paperback, and yep. Audible. There you go. All right, guys. Well, we are going to call it a day for today, and we thank you so much for listening. Please, 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 if you know someone who could use this, please share. Um, Share with your bariatric groups. Share with your surgeons. Share with your best friends. Share, 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 um, and watch for future episodes. Yeah, because there will be tons more. Tons more. We have over 80 scripted out. Yeah. So we keep adding. We keep adding to that list because we're like, oh, we're going to do an episode on that. So we've got lots coming up. But you guys, thank you so much for listening. If you need anything or if you have um, any questions for us, please, please, please check out um, mybariatrickitchenonline.com. Find the link, the tab for the podcast. There's a place you can drop us a note um, there. You can listen to all the past episodes there as well. Um, Reach out to one of us. Let us know what's going on. We'd love to help. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The content included in this podcast is for information and education purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your surgeon, physician, or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical issue or concerns. Thanks.